that's from before. Kel's back. It's Kel's birthday. It is my birthday today. Old January 6th, turning 23 today. 23. Getting old as always. Damn, Kel. I always kind of forget, like, how old you really are. I think I was 23 when... I was 23 when I bought into the gym. So, like, when John and all that kind of happened? Yep. I was almost about to graduate. I graduated in December 2013, and I bought half or 49% at October 2013. Okay. So, like, right before you graduated, you got that? Yeah, I literally finished my last final and drove straight to the gym and started doing all this. And did this whole deal? Yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. So, pretty cool. It was one of those things I finished my last final. I thought I had, like, this, like, big sigh of relief, but I never did. You never really had, like, a, oh, I'm finally done with college? No, I thought I would have, like, the whole time I was like, gosh, I hated school. And I thought when I got done with that last final, I'll have, like, this big, like, it's done, like, I did it kind of deal. And it was kind of like that, uh, I don't know what kind of word I'm trying to think of, where just kind of like, this wasn't exactly the feeling I thought I'd have finished my last final. Because uh-huh. at the whole time, I was waiting for him to come back with something like, oh, you got this bill you need to pay. Or hey, you, got, you have one more test you have to take. We have another class. If you're not really done, you got to come back another semester. I was waiting on it. I thought for sure that's what was going to happen. I would imagine that would be a terrible <laughs> feeling. Being so, like, you feel like you're finished, and all of a sudden, hey, i got to go take another final. Yeah. That'd be terrible. Well, Kel's back uh, post-surgery. Post-surgery? This Hopefully is the last two. one. Uh, this one is a little different. Uh, I feel like it's a little different, just kind of coming along with the process. Uh, it's my dominant side, so I feel like it's coming it's a along weird. a little slower. Riding uh, cars and talking riding about- cars is a little different. Also, I can't necessarily drive just <laughs> yet. Uh, it's definitely weird though, because like when I had my left one done, it was like I used that right one all the time to kind of like help me get around yeah. and all that. And then once my right one was done, my left one just had surgery, so it's kind of like one of those things where it's still not fully there yet, so I still yeah. can't do all these things. Um, but I'm kind of learning how that go, so it's not too bad. But this is the last surgery, right? Last surgery. Hopefully. Last surgery. Not, hopefully. Knock on all the wood we can. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we don't have to have another one of those bad boys. That's what she said. Yeah, that's a, that is what she said. <laughs> uh, you know how sore you're going to be? It's going to be bad. When you start actually. I try not to think about it. Doing upper body stuff. Uh, when I eat, at this point in time, dude, by the time you actually start, it's going to be almost a year for you to do like. Really type of like pull up or uh, push up. Because like the last time I did like a full blown like pull like press workout was I think in like February or March. It's like right around right almost over a year now. Um, so I can imagine the first time I do like a pull up workout or like a dumbbell hang clean or something like that. It's going to be bad. It's, it's going to be bad, bad. Super, super sore. So uh, like not be able to straighten my arms. So. Yeah. So this is Kel's first uh, post-holiday podcast. Podcast. Because you were out the last time we did my podcast about this, uh, the cycle that we're going through. So. Okay. Uh, everything went good for the holidays? Uh, I anything, think so. Anything crazy for New Year's? Uh, nothing crazy for New Year's. I'm, I'm a boring get person. You know, we, yeah. we do the normal stuff. Uh, I don't really party too, too much. So nothing crazy for me, I guess. We uh, we sat in the front yard and watched other people pop fireworks. Other people fire pop fireworks. Yeah. Uh, my dad boiled crawfish and then my little brother, uh, he, my, he got a bunch of fireworks. So we watched him pop all the fireworks and they had like a big ball. So that was kind of fun to watch. Okay. Uh, I forgot to tell you about this. Um, on Christmas Day, my sister Kim, she sent me this thing. Have you heard of a, uh, an Enneagram? Enneagram? Enneagram. I don't think so. It's like a personality test. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how we got on the subject of it because her, well, she has a friend. I think she's a psychology major. Like introvert? Like, like that kind of thing? A little bit to a degree. Okay. It's kind of like that. Um, but they have 
nine different types. You have like type one, type two, type three, type four, all the way to type nine. Okay. All right. Well, her psychology friend sent her this uh, Enneagram exam, I guess, or test, and said, you know, fill this out. I'd be interested to see how you, you know, where you where you, you fall, where you fall on the chart, or whatever. And so her and Sean took it, and they were after they got done, they were like super obsessed with it, and they were like looking up different things. So basically, what it is is. I think it was roughly, it's like 50 questions that they asked you. Okay. So it's like a personality, like. Pretty like, in-depth situation. Yeah, like, you know, do you value, um, you know, the thoughts of others? You know, do you um, really harp on yourself about once you get done with the project, move on to the next project? You know, things like that. Okay. Um, you know, do you find yourself, uh, you know, caring for others before you care for yourselves and all this different stuff? Um, and basically where you fall in the chart. So after you get done, it's like, all right, you're a type. Me and Kim are exactly the same exact thing. Okay. So it's a type three wing two is what it was called. Type three wing two. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, you can go look up what anagrams are. We have like anagram tests and things like that. But then each one has like a label. Like I think like ours was uh, the achiever. Um, I think Kaylee took hers. She was a type two. I think like that's the helper. Okay. Um, I forgot what Sean's, Sean's was the type nine. I don't, I don't remember what his, what that one's called. Uh, like total opposite type deal? Uh, to a degree, but basically it, it kind of breaks down your, your strong points and your weak points to okay. a degree. So like, like for instance, you know, like a, like a type three, so it's like the achiever is the fact, you know, like very goal oriented, uh, very about efficiency and getting things done. But in the process of doing that, obviously a lot of times you're not in a moment of things, you're not appreciating currently where you are. Like where you're at in, in that front, time. In that you value, you know, praise too much and things like that. So that's being like, like chill with yourself and like where you are currently in life kind of deal. And so, uh, and like Kay is like the helper. So obviously hers is about, you know, giving and things like that. But at the same time, like not taking time for your own self and like putting yourself first to a degree and, and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool how- It's like, a cool little test though. It's a cool little test. To, like it's a, and like, it's kind of weird because like when you when it gives you the results of your test and start reading it like it's kind of weird like reading it like man this is a lot of things that I think in my head is like, basically how it breaks down that's pretty cool people, right and so um, it took it takes like 15 minutes to go through the test uh, I'm sure somebody else has listened to this is it's like a free online little yeah situation yeah I probably test. see if you really want to do it like you and Sonique could probably do it and it's kind of cool because they have like different Instagram accounts that are like about the different you know, different things, the different Instagram things and, and whatnot. I think like, I forgot, she sent me this account that you can go follow and uh, it's like, here's some things that, you know, are really good like for you during the holidays. Like for instance, like, which I'm sure you can probably, if you've seen it through me is, like for instance, like I tried to take a one time off during the holidays, mm-hmm. but like, I was still texting you about shit about Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like, you were still, still probably home. working at I was home, still doing you know? shit at home. Even though you're off, it's kind of like, you're yeah. still working. Yeah, you're still, still like, trying to take time yeah. off. I'm not, I'm not really kind of taking time off. Uh, you know, so like I looked at that Instagram account, like after the fact, like Chris has already taken some time off and whatnot. And it was like, you know, you need to relax and chill. And <laughs> You're not, like, oh, not kind of on other things. I'm like, no, that's very true. Um, because I have a hard time like just turning my brain off when it comes to like gym thing. Like even if I'm riding in the car, like me and Kayla can be talking, and my brain automatically resorts to something to do with the gym or like talking random in the back of your head. You're still thinking about something. I can't. To do I can have such a hard time turning that aspect off. Anymore. Everything to a degree, like as soon as I'm, if I'm by myself, that's all I'm thinking about. It's like, I'm gonna do the gym, for the gym. Or, you know, if I'm sitting there doing dishes or something like that, it's, it's 
it's not something I can just like flip off to a degree. Like just like snap yeah. and say, okay, though, I can go yeah. think about this instead of the gym. Even though I'm, like I'm at home, I'm still, I still, my brain's still partially there, which is a, not necessarily a good thing for myself because I have a hard time separating those two things for myself. And, uh, it's gotten better over the years, but still nothing that's gone completely away. Yeah, I feel like that's probably part of like being like a good business owner though. Like I feel like every good <laughs> business owner has like, they're kind of obsessive about their business, you know. Like well, if you want to, at least if you want to succeed, you know, if you want to like thrive, like you kind of have to be obsessive over that thing, you know. Um, so I can definitely see that though, man. I can definitely see that. Okay. I saw something that was like I quit my nine to five so I can work for myself and I'll work twenty four twenty four seven. Yes, <laughs> but it's a lot. It's a lot better when it's actually your vision and you have control of what that vision looks like. You're not. Um, it makes things a little bit easier to do that. And uh, so, but anyway, so I'll have to send you that link to that. I bet me and Sean are, are pretty similar. I bet we're somewhere around. He was a type, I forgot what his was called. Um, it, was a type, it was a type 9, but I forgot exactly what it was labeled. Um, I could probably, I got it on my phone real quickly. How many wings are there in each little division? Well, the wing, so the wing is basically like, so it doesn't want to pigeonhole you into one, one particular category. category, right? So, because everybody has, like, you might have, like, your primary type that you are, but then you also have, like, a dash of something else, right? So okay. that's what, like, I'm a type three with a dash of type two. All right. Right? I think I Kaylee was, like, a, a two wing three. So she's kind of, like, the same thing as me. Where she's, like, a two three. She's more only, mainly a two, but she has, like, a little bit of a wing three. Okay. And, like, Kim, my sister, is exactly the same as me, where it came down to, uh, it was exactly the same, like, you know, the achiever, but a little bit of dash of the helper, okay. so to speak. Uh, kind of sounds like that 23 and me too. Have you seen that? Uh, what? So like you, it's kind of like an ancestry test deal. Like okay, I, don't, yeah. I don't necessarily know how you do it if yeah. it's blood or spit or whatever you do. Um, but someone in the gym had it the other day and they were like showing us and <laughs> she walked up to me and she was like, see, I am not built to run. And it like showed up in uh, your thing and it was like, man. you're the people with your type of blood are like not sprint. They're sprinters. They're not like marathoners. And so I think that it was pretty cool. But the type nine is the peacekeeper. Okay. Peacekeeper. Okay. So like type one is the reformer. Perfectionist responsible fixated on improvements. That's the reformer. Type two is the helper. Helpers who need to be needed. Type three was the achiever. Focused on the presentation of success to attain validation. Type four was identity seekers who feel unique and different. That's the individualist. Type five, thinkers who tend to withdraw and reserve. The investigator. Type six, the loyalist. Conflicted between trust and distrust. Type seven, the enthusiast, pleasure seekers and planners in search of distraction. So I guess that's probably like your adrenaline junkies. Mm -hmm. uh, type eight is the challenger, taking chain or taking charge because they don't want to be controlled. Okay. So I think like I think type eight were like that was like your your big time like leaders like people that you would consider like leaders that would be like your type eight. Is okay. On that and whatnot. So it's kind of interesting. Um, and also. Also, we'll kind of break down like how you perceive yourself and how others actually perceive See you. Yeah. So, like, okay. how you might perceive yourself is one way, but how others perceive you are different. Are totally different things. Yeah. Like, like for instance, like type nine was how you perceive yourself as like you know being like completely with yourself and inner peace and like 
completely fine how things are and then how other people receive it can be like lazy, um, not boring, and things like that. Okay. Even though that might not necessarily be true, but that's, that's how it looks from the outside. On the outside okay. you know, so to speak. And so I guess you use a little more of an asset's perspective. And so, um, but anyways, uh, but also, how much did uh, Dave Castro get fired? He got fired, man. I, I'm not. I'm not going to say that I'm surprised. Like, I mean, like, I feel like he was always kind of like the villain, like the CrossFit villain type of person. Um, I, I'm kind of sad to see him go though, because he's been kind of a part of the thing for a long time. Um, but I guess I don't have like a. I'm not necessarily mad, or I'm not necessarily like happy he's gone. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really care one way. Yeah, it's not like a it's not like a huge deal for me. I am I do am interested to see why though. Because did you see his comment about how he said uh, he said whatever they end up releasing whatever isn't true. Yeah. So like, so I guess real quickly for people who may listen to this have no idea who we're even talking about. Um, which I guess we'll get up some more information about this here in the future with the CrossFit Open coming up in February. So kind of every time, year, but... every year in February. The Cross, CrossFit headquarters will put out workouts for everybody to do. You don't necessarily have to. It's something you can register for. And then it's a, a worldwide open. So basically, like it's the first stage of the CrossFit Games, so to speak. And depending on how you do from there, then you move on to the next qualifying station, then the next qualifying station, and then that's how you get to the CrossFit Games, which I'm sure most of you guys may have seen on TV or know about. Well, Dave Castro was the director of the CrossFit Games. So he was kind of the face to the degree of CrossFit because he was a face out there for the CrossFit Games. And most people don't really know at the time who Greg Glassman was because he was the CEO of CrossFit, but his face wasn't really out there unless you were pretty hardcore into CrossFit and you knew a little bit more of the background of CrossFit headquarters. But I think a year ago, Eric Rosa, who's now the new CEO of CrossFit, bought out Greg Glassman and then fired Dave Castro just like two, three days ago. Probably two days ago, I think. Two days so, ago. Uh, so he's been kind of like to a degree of a big face of CrossFit that everybody kind of knows to a degree. Um, and if you know who we're talking about, obviously you can kind of predict and things like that. He was definitely a... <laughs> Which, like you said, kind of played the villain part. Kind of played the villain. Everybody loves to have a villain in the, in the narrative. And um, But I wasn't really... I got people kind of like making a big deal of it. I really don't care one way or the other because really what CrossFit headquarters does, what happens at CrossFit headquarters doesn't affect me. Mm-hmm. Like uh, somebody texted me the other day, kind of asking me about it and about if CrossFit were to go down, like you know, if CrossFit headquarters were to you know dissolve and CrossFit was no longer like vanish. Thing, per se, you know how that would affect me. I said it wouldn't affect me at all because I mean you just change the name. I would just go from Hurricane CrossFit Hurricane Fitness or something. I mean you change it to whatever it may be because CrossFit headquarters doesn't really know ruling over what I. What do. you end up doing inside no. the gym? Anyway, the only thing so. CrossFit headquarters really does it doesn't do anything really I, I, have paid them a, I have paid them a yearly fee and then from there they just allow me to have any cross it on my building mm-hmm. you know my branding that's all that does that's the only thing that required me is is I have to keep up with my certifications and I had to have proven insurance that's yes. the only two things it really requires of me other than that though CrossFit doesn't help me in any way every CrossFit is individually owned and ran and you get no resources you, you know nothing thing. like yeah. you have they literally provide nothing for you and so, because if CrossFit headquarters were to dissolve, that wouldn't affect me in any way, what shape or form. And so, which is a good thing um, to a degree, because obviously you're in control of investing in some of your top, what you know, what you have to do per se. Um, and 
the CrossFit model has always been the cream of the rise to the top. But I know I've talked to other people, I've told you this before, is um, that can sometimes be a bad thing because if somebody goes to a CrossFit gym and has a bad experience, they then relate that then to that, they get every CrossFit gym gets lumped in together. Where, you know, if I go to a CrossFit in, you know, New Mexico and I have a bad experience there and I'm going to tell my friends that don't do CrossFit, I try it and it's horrible, right? When we know in all actuality, you go to a different CrossFit, it can be a completely different experience. Totally different. Yeah. Totally different. And the bad thing is, man, majority of the time you're going to go to a gym and it's not going to be the best experience. Yeah. I mean, I've probably dropped uh, into a dozen different CrossFit gyms and I can honestly say I've probably only left one cross gym and said that was a good experience yeah and every other time after that has been like that was completely horrible and i guess it's a little different coming from like a coach or like kind of like a business owner for you too because you expect things at like the highest level i guess and so when you go into something you expect to kind of maybe like pick up or learn something and so when you go into a place like that and it's one of the worst experiences you've kind of been to it's kind of like wow this is really not that great of a time i never i never tell about Oh, I made the mistake one time for Laura. I said I was a coach. Oh, uh, yeah. is that when you went to uh, SBC? And that was actually a good gym, though. Okay, um, yeah, you said that was a yeah, good gym. Yeah, that was a good gym. Uh, SBC was a pretty good gym. Um, but I went to about two others over there, and it was, man, it was it was not the not the good, best experience I could have had. Um, but I went and told him I was a CrossFit coach one time, and I was like, that's the jokes were happening, and all that kind of stuff was happening, and I was like, okay, I'm never doing this again. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to be a normal Joe Blow from wherever I'm from, they're not going to know who I am, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's probably the best way, uh, but yeah. Well, you can actually get the full experience. You get the full experience about it. Um, they're not going to like expect anything. They're not going to try to special, like make it seem different than what normally exactly. would. Exactly. You have like a coach that's from another gene. I want them to treat me just like a normal athlete off the street, you know? Yeah. Um, and I kind of find that if you tell them you're a coach, they kind of like, they don't pay attention to you, I guess, mm-hmm. as much because they expect you to just you know, in the class, yeah. Um, and so I kind of enjoy like seeing how they interact with you when you tell them they're you're not a coach, you're just a normal person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of crazy that like all every gym is so different. It's so completely different. different product. Yeah. And so that's somebody's moving to a different town, or you know, the first question is, you know, do you have a cross the box you recommend? And you know, I also haven't been doing enough of them in different areas of the world to you know give them less of into a that particular area. But I usually tell people is. You know, go drop into you know three or four different ones in the, in, the, in your area that are within a driving distance of you, and you know drop in for a week if you can't. They're hopefully won't charge you too much to do that, and see how the community is and how the coaching staff is and how things are ran, and, and find which one is the best buy for you. Yeah, and sometimes the the necessarily the gym isn't the best, but the you can kind of tell that the community has it. It's a good community, mm-hmm. um, but for the most part, man, it's they got some they got some. Some funky gyms out there. Yeah. Some funky gyms for sure, man. Yeah. So, uh, we're kind of pivoting again. So, the kind of the main topic of this podcast we want to talk about with you guys here today is, obviously, we got, you know, it's the turn of the new year at 2022, and per normal, you know, most of you guys, not say most of you guys, I think a little bit has gotten a little more cliche over the years. I feel like over the, you know, probably past five years, New Year's resolutions have kind of been... Not oh, as big of a deal yeah. per se. Like people make them as big of a deal like they used to. It seems like, uh, but nonetheless, you know, when you start the new year, you kind of have this generation of like this rejuvenation of like hope, so to speak. Like, oh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna be better at what I'm doing currently. Mm-hmm. You know, of some kind. Uh, and 
you know, in doing so, obviously you might change some things to hopefully get either, you know, drop that extra 10 pounds or get that first bar muscle up or do your first handstand push up and, and whatever it may be or whatever that, whatever that might, you know, whatever goal that you're looking to achieve of. And, um, you know, we wanted to kind of break that down of, you know, what we feel as, you know, the coaching staff that can best suit you guys to where you set yourself up for success, you know, throughout the whole entire year, so to speak. And so, um, well, real quick, do you have any goals for the year, Cal? Goals Besides, this year? I guess maybe getting up a My goals for, for pretty much this year, because uh, I normally don't set New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest fan of them, to be yeah. totally honest. Um, but for me, I just kind of want to get back to where I can do like a normal class one. That's kind of mm-hmm. like my thing. So normal just class get, one. Get back healthy. Pretty much. Basically. Pretty much. Get healthy. Yeah. Get right again. So okay. that's, uh, that's pretty much mine. Okay. Well, cool. Um, so... Let me ask you this: Is what do you feel like is the number one thing when it comes to somebody being successful? When we're going to say in our lane here, we're going to okay. talk about you know health and fitness. Is the number one thing for somebody to see results in the long term? In the long term, um, for me, it's probably like let me think about this real quick. I would say if you're going to set yourself a goal. Make it into like little mini goals. Okay. I would say that. Yeah. Um, because for me, like let's say my goal is to lose 12 pounds this year. If my goal is to use 12 pounds this year, I would probably break that up into probably three month sections. So mm-hmm. like every three months, hey, I'm going to lose three pounds. Okay. And that way, when I get to a year, you know, I'm am that 12 pounds. Yeah. Um, because I think a lot of times people set these humongous goals and they don't realize how big that goal is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they get like, a quarter of the way through, and they're like, oh my God, I'm so far away from it. Um, when in reality, if you were to set yourself little goals and celebrate those mini goals when you do reach them, I think that would kind of help you, mo- I guess, motivate you to reach that goal in the long term. Um, so I would say that's probably the biggest thing is people just not realizing how big that goal is and how much work it's going to take. Yeah. Um, so I think when you set it up into those mini goals and like in little sections, um, you celebrate those mini goals and sections, I think that helps you I guess kind of motivate you to reach that long-term goal. Um, but that's what probably be my opinion on it. What about you? No, I mean, I think, it's, I think it's a good thing to where, like you said, like if I were to lose 60 pounds, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a lot of weight to lose. It's a lot of weight, man. It's if I say I want to lose 60 pounds, it's two degrees because the goal is so unattainable as to two degree, it's almost the motivation is not quite as high mm-hmm. compared to if I said, okay, well, my goal is to lose 60 pounds by the X date, right? But I'm trying to lose five pounds, five pounds each incremental month yeah right or i'm trying to lose you know 20 pounds by the end of april whatever it may be right you have a little bit more small incremental goals throughout that process and having a small like motivation is a little bit higher when the goal just seems right outside your reach mm-hmm. compared to when it seems like it's a mile a right? mile away so to speak uh and really the biggest thing when it comes to, i don't even like for instance like we're talking to me and Kate, we're kind of talking about this topic and she was like i freaking hate New Year's resolutions, right? Because um, to a degree, I feel like they kind of have a time stamp on them, right? Kind of. This is like a temporary thing to a degree for some people. Like they reach that goal, yeah. and they're going and, right back to their and I think it's been, you know, I think it's been thrown out there so much now that it kind of goes through one ear and out the other. And I really don't want the podcast necessarily about New Year's resolutions per se, as it's more about like the habits of what you're building. Habit. That's a good way to look like, at it. Like habits are your, your habits is what's going to, I guess, like push you forward in the long term, I guess. Yeah, like building consistent habits on a regular basis to change the person that you're trying to be. 
terms, so to speak. Okay. Right? If you're trying to be, you know, somebody who is a fitter, healthier version of what you are currently, a lot of that comes down to the habits of what you're currently doing throughout your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, the number one thing is environment. I was about to say, like, surrounding yourself around people that also have, like, that same mindset of whatever that goal may be for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you can kind of break that down in, like, how you see, like, environment in a way of the people that you surround yourself with and also physical environment of, like, what is you, when you go home, what does your your home look like, right? Do you walk in and the first thing that's on the kitchen counter is, you know, cookies and a little Debbie and little Debbie's and things like that. Or the first thing you open up your cabinet door is the first thing you have a big old box of cereal so right in front of your face. It's things like that. I'm like, so both of those are extremely crucial. Mm-hmm. We'll kind of break that down. But I was kind of writing down some notes for myself. And I kind of broke it down to three things is, and what you kind of touched on for the number two is like being realistic with your goals, so mm-hmm. to speak. But um, the number one, like, so the number one factor is environment. But the first thing is the systems of what you're push putting in, right? So it's not that you rock, like, for instance, I'm reading through this book called Atomic Habits by James Clear, which if you guys are listening to this, I highly recommend that book, is you don't rise to your goals, you fail to the systems of what you input, right? So ultimately what's going to either make you fail trying to reach a goal or achieve that goal is the systems that you put into your life. Okay. Right? And so, what does your daily ritual look like on a regular basis? Do you have a game plan and a system behind that goal on a regular basis? Right? And in the book, for instance, he breaks down, there was a study done, and they had three different groups. Group one, so the the study was done to get people to work out more often inside the book. And they they did three different things with three different in the way of how to get them motivated to work out or be consistently motivated to reach that goal, reach that goal to work out more consistently. Group one was basically like, hey, we want you guys to set a goal of working out three times a week over the next six months. And I think the success rate was like 20%, right? Not very high. They just basically just say, hey, go work out. Hey, go work out. And you work out three times a week That's all for six goal. months. Okay, plain Jane. Second group was basically given an, a one-day motivation speech, so to speak, talking about all the different reasons as to why you should lose weight and the benefits of losing weight and all the health risks that come with being obese and overweight and things like that. And at, that group actually performed the worst with only like a 10 to 15% success. Okay, with the motivation? With basically, you know, saying, hey, this is the, the health risk that you're currently having, uh, what's, what your future is going to look like, and you know you need to change it basically so that's kind of hitting them with the facts hit them with the facts like saying here's what this is what's going to happen if you don't start to change your life and the accessory is actually lower at around 10 to 15 percent and the high success rate i think it was like between 80 and 90 percent was the third group which were simply just told of every single day the day before you need to say what day or what time and where you're going to work out every single day. So like actually put it on paper type deal? Put it on paper and or speaking it. I was about to say, that's probably another big thing is like actually, because I feel like a lot of people set goals, but they kind of keep them to themselves. Mm -hmm. And so like you kind of fall off track. And so when you kind of like 
voice that out or you tell somebody. Um, it's kind of almost like accountability to a, to a certain degree, well, right? Yeah, so for instance, if I'm leaving the house and Kaylee's like, hey, I need you to go, hey, don't forget about running this air that needs you to go do. If I say out loud, I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go after work at 3.30 to the post office to drop this thing off for her, then I'm more likely to do it. If I'm just, if I just say, yeah, I'm going to get that done this week. When it comes to see yeah. a Friday afternoon, so hey, did you go drop the thing on the post office this week? I'm going to you were going to do. No, because it's no, Tuesday, no. right? But if I can say on Tuesday at 3 30, I'm going to the post office and I'm dropping them off, that I have a lot more accountability to that sentence to really keeping your word, so to speak. And that's the group that was found to be more successful. Okay. Right? So you're stating as to what time and where every single time to take place, that group was actually the most successful at all. Just like simply stating on a regular basis, that's what, what they're, they're going to do. Right. And so even those systems on a regular basis, like little things like that can go such a long distance, right? Where if I'm going to state, uh, like every Sunday, when I get done with church, I'm going to go to the grocery store, pick my food up, immediately go home and cook that food. And then from private, prep it, put it in individual containers, weighed and measured, and then I'm done for my whole entire week. I'm implementing a system in place. And he also talks about something called habit stacking, right? So if you have a habit of going to church every single Sunday at 10 a.m., then that's already something you do currently. And how you can stack a habit on top of that is once you finish church, then from there, the next sentence of habit is to go to the grocery store and pick up food. Okay. Right? You kind of build off your habit. You build off the habit you're currently doing. I see what you're saying. Right, and so, or something simple as, you know, let's say maybe you want to read more this year, right? Well, every single night you're going to go to bed. If every single night you have that book sitting on your pillow before you go to bed, that's that's already obvious there. You already set a habit of going. Odds are way higher that you're going to read that. Exactly. If I know exactly the time I'm going to read every single day, because I go to bed roughly the same time. If I go to bed every night at 9.30, then that book is sitting there when I get to bed at 9.30, and then I have 15 minutes to read. I put that book back on my nightstand. Next morning I wake up, I put the book back on my on my pillow. That book's there waiting for the next night to read it. Yeah. Right? I mean, it physically makes you move the book. Like, you're going to have to grab that book whether you want to read it or not, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's a good way to look at it, man. I think that's a pretty good way to look at it. Or, for instance, if I want to do their Bible planning on my day, of, if I sit down every single morning to eat breakfast at 6.30 in the morning, of, before I eat my breakfast at 6.30, I will write down five things I need to do today at work before I eat my breakfast. Right? If I just say, in the morning, I need to write down what I need to do, it's too vague of a statement. Mm-hmm. Right? But if I say... So you put specifics down on paper. Specifics to saying, I, before I eat my breakfast at 6.30, I will write down five things I need to do for that day. Then I'll eat my breakfast. Okay. You know, simple. It sounds so simple. It it almost but kind of like the simple stuff is what's going to get you there. We as a as a as a species we overcomplicate things, but when you make vague statements of like, I want to get a bar muscle up. Okay, there's that's no a really, action right there's there. no there's no system being applied to that, right? Okay, well I'm going to work on getting a bar muscle up twice a week. Okay, better but still vague, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to work on getting a bar muscle up on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Okay, getting better. Getting better. Okay, I'm going to work on a bar muscle up 
15 minutes before class, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Now we're more. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Then we get into more of the details of like on Tuesday, 15 minutes before class, I'm going to spend five minutes working on drills. Drills. I'm going to spend the next 10 minutes working on building general strength and strict pull-ups, barbell rows, whatever it may be. Okay. Right. So now I'm getting more specific as to what I'm looking to achieve. I know exactly my time frames of what I'm doing. And, you, and I'm more likely to stick to that habit. And you think that's kind of like part of people's problem is like being too vague. Yeah, yeah, I think I think a lot of people have this attention of okay, I want I'm gonna get I'm gonna work on my mobility. Okay. How many times have I heard that one? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I want to work on my mobility, right? Like let's say it's maybe a simple New Year's resolution you make yourself. I want to get more mobile. Okay, that's very vague, mm-hmm. right? Now, okay, I'm going to work on my mobility three times a week. Okay. Making improvements. Making improvements. Okay, I'm going to work on my mobility for 15 minutes three times a week. Okay, now I'm going to work on mobility for 15 minutes Monday, Wednesday, Friday after class. Mm-hmm. So I've set that, that, that parameter with myself every single day on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 15 minutes after class. That's going to work on your mobility. And I, and I set, like the first few times, yeah, you're going to have to remind yourself that the more you do that after you come, you build that habit into it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you have habits built throughout your day whether you realize it or not. Some are good, some are bad, some are just neutral habits, right? Like brushing your teeth is a neutral habit, right? Or you could be considered that a good habit, right? Hopefully but that's a good habit for us all. A good habit. <laughs> but like most people usually, will, I would say, nine, uh, hopefully all you guys are listening to this, brush your teeth when you wake up in the morning, okay? But maybe you want to eliminate when you wake up for the first hour, you don't want to look at your phone, right? You're trying to spend less time on your phone. Then, you know, you can say that's a negative habit. So how do I change that habit of, you know, leaving the phone on my nightstand throughout my morning routine. I will not put it in my pocket anymore. You know, things like that. Like you have a habit of waking up, checking your phone, or you wake up, put on your shorts, put your phone, put your phone in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Right? You have like these little habits that you normally always do without even realizing, or you put your you put your right shoe on every single time without realizing it over your left shoe. You have these habits pre-built in throughout your day that you don't realize. And the biggest thing is setting these other habits that you're currently looking to work on into a habit you're already currently doing. Okay. I definitely think that's a good idea and a good way to think about it because if you can create a habit and a good habit, it's normally going to, I guess, benefit you going into that goal or going to that long-term goal. Um, but definitely, I think, what's that book called again, you said? Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits. So that's, that's kind of like a brief summary of all. I mean, obviously, he goes into more detail. He says it better than I am. Personally. Is that the kind of the same guy that does the subtle art of not giving up? No, that's a different guy. Is that a different guy? Yes, yeah, that's Mark something. I forgot Mark his something. last name. Okay, because they kind of look like a. I think I've seen the front of those books, and they kind of look kind of similar. Yeah, that, this guy's this guy's a little bit different. Um, but like for instance, like he was saying, he wanted to get better at push-ups, right? So he was like, okay, every day at lunch, I'm going to do ten push-ups. Well, he found himself falling out of the habit of doing ten push-ups. He's like, I wasn't clear enough. Is because his work time is like every time I close my laptop. For lunch, I'm going to do some push-ups. push-ups. You know, or he wanted he would buy apples at the grocery store, and he would put them in the shelf, the drawer of his refrigerator. And by the end of the week, he wouldn't eat any apples, and they would go rotten. So they were out of sight, out of mind. So for him to physically move the apples into a more available spot in the refrigerator, he would start to eat them, you know, things like that. So that kind of talks about our environment, right? So, okay. But in my opinion, like I said, the environment kind of breaks down into kind of two ways when it comes like your physical environment. And it comes to environment or the people you surround yourself with, right? Like, in my opinion, the people you surround yourself with 
lit or way more important than the environment itself that's actually surrounding you, per se. Because, you know, for instance, if you bring a box of donuts here to the gym, they might, they're probably going to still be eaten, but they won't be eaten the same as maybe a quicker manner than maybe if you were to bring them to us in a normal like work environment, office environment, yeah. right? Because the environment people are that you're surrounding yourself with, you know, won't partake in that as maybe somebody at the office who isn't health oriented, mm-hmm. right? But when it comes to like the physical environment, it's, you know, very simple things of, let's say maybe, like for instance, you get done with your dinner meal and you sit down every single night in the same exact position on the couch every single night and you have a glass of wine, right? And you're maybe like, okay, well, maybe I want to cut down on my wine consumption, right? It's then changing the environment itself where I don't physically sit down in that chair when I get done with my dinner meal. I have to change the environment in which I'm operating. Well, yeah, because I mean, if that's your habit, I mean, every time you sit in that chair, you're probably going to associate to drinking wine, wine you know? after my dinner meal in this chair. Mm-hmm. Right now, I have to change that environment to then better suit a different habit I'm trying to build. Yeah. Right. So it, it that's a big breakdown. And I wonder how many little things like that people have, like like yeah, just, like you just said, like just sitting in that chair every night over and over and having that glass of wine. That's almost kind of like become a routine for you. So yeah, like, it's so not to do that. It's like oh, like I bet the first time somebody sits somewhere else and like doesn't have a glass of wine, it's kind of like pretty challenging for them not to have a glass of wine right there. Yeah. You know, um, that's a good way to look at it too, man. Well, like for instance, in the book, he talked about this girl who was trying to quit smoking cigarettes, and she would only smoke cigarettes with her friend while riding horsebacks, riding horses. So, for her to so when she wanted to quit smoking cigarettes, she quit horseback riding with her friend, right? And she went ten years without ever smoking a cigarette. With her and then during that time frame, ten years, she also she didn't ride horses that in that time ten year time frame. But 10 years later, she got back on a horse and all of a sudden had a craving again to smoke cigarettes because that habit had already been embedded so much into the system that even though she had 10 years of cravings for a cigarette, she was now in that environment. That activity, that activity, that activity environment. of the environment of riding Sparks horse for to do that. Right? It's little things like that That's that, that sets you off, right? Like you don't <clears> think <throat> about, you think like just willpower is just going to get you through, right? Like, okay, well, I'm going to quit eating these cookies at nighttime. Well, if you're if you're doing the same habit, if you're doing the same exact habit of the same routine of eating dinner at seven o'clock and then sitting down and watching TV in the same exact spot, but you normally eat cookies that have this so embedded in your body's your mind's already going to be working of hey, where's my damn cookies? the cookies at? Right, yeah. like you've already embedded that habit so deeply that you the best way for you to change it is to change the environment completely. So change either change the routine or just simply by changing the spot that you currently sit in, right? And so it has to be little things like that. And also when it comes to the environment of when you walk in, you know, is your environment surrounded with different like food options that aren't necessarily best suited to what your goals are. So if I walk in and there's a big old plate of cookies, every single time I come walk in and have to pass up that plate of cookies, then that's not I have to change that environment yeah. so I'm not tempted by that. Kind of like outside out of mind. Right? Like do I make things for instance, if I want to if I have something in my house, I have to put it on the top shelf in the very back. So I had to physically get on a like ladder effort to get, to get it. I had to get I had to put effort into actually making it not so easy. Not making it attractive <laughs> you know? to get, right? So the, the habits that you maybe want to get rid of in your life, you have to make unattractive to a degree of simply of 
Like for instance, putting something on the top shelf in the back to where I can't get it, or I'll say I don't buy it all. If I had to physically leave my house or the grocery store to go buy the ice cream to bring it back, I can't right. physically buy ice cream and have it stored away at home. Like I have to physically go out, buy it, and I can have it then, and then it has to be immediately thrown away. Yeah. Right? I have to, See, that's kind of like for me, like, like even that city too is like if we have it, if it's Sunday, we try to get everything out the house on Sunday because mm-hmm. if it's in the house on Monday through Friday, it's gonna get eaten. It's yeah. gonna get eaten. So like Sunday is like, all right, when we go to bed, we're throwing everything like like we had that weekend, we're throwing it away. Mm-hmm. You know, that way we can kind of like restart the week kind of fresh. Um, but I can see what you're saying right there for sure. Yeah, and then in my opinion, the number one thing is obviously people that you surround yourself with, mm-hmm. right? Like. In the book, it says there is a 57% chance that if your spouse or a close friend is overweight or obese, you will be overweight or obese. Because of the fact that that's a person's conduct, right? And you, as a species, as a human species, you want to be part of the pack, mm-hmm. right? You want to do what everybody else is doing. And if you're constantly with people who do not have the same health conscious goals as you are, more likely a chance that you're not going to follow along with it. You know what I'm saying? So, like like saying goes, you are the five people you surround yourself with most. Mm-hmm. Right? So, for most people, that usually has to do with your deep family life, you know, spouse, kids, or whatever it may be. And you have like one or two close friends that you hang out with, right? But if you're the only one in that group of five who tries to come work out regularly and eat a certain way, eat properly, then the likelihood of you sticking with that is very, very low if no one else is around you is supporting that and doing the same thing that you are. Because you're going to be, you want to be part well, of that. Well, that's, your, that's, your, that's the people that's going to help you kind of get through those goals, you know, and like get through those things. Um, if you don't have those people that kind of have that same mindset, who else are you going to kind of go to and talk about that kind of stuff with, you know? Yeah. Uh, you don't have anybody. So you're probably going to end up like falling off the wagon or like saying, oh, I can, I can get to it next month, you know, or whatever it may be. Uh, but yeah. So... And then the same thing is inverse of that. It's there's also a fifty seven percent chance that if your spouse is fit or close friends fit, that you will also be fit. And so that's that's always something I've always talked to a lot about people when it comes to you know their their nutrition a lot to a degree. It's like how how's their spouse or the other one you know do you view view food mm-hmm. for them? Is that something that you know are you constantly having somebody in your face? eating pizza and cookies and things like that while you're sitting here trying to eat a certain way and things like that. So this is this could be on topic, could be not on topic. You can't tell me. But I'd be kind of interested to see if you were to take like a a normal Globo gym, no matter, you pick it, it doesn't really matter, and then a normal CrossFit. And you were to see, take, let's say you have 300 members in a Globo gym, 300 members in a CrossFit gym, and at the end of the total, you see how fit everyone is. Okay, and you, everybody takes an in-body, for instance. Let's say everybody takes an in-body. Who is going to have the better in-bodies? Who, who would you think would have the better in-bodies? Because, like, body composition? I personally think that in a CrossFit gym, you have less, I guess, obese. Or oh, yeah, for sure. Like bigger, bigger oh, yeah, stuff. No, yeah. um, and so I feel like that helps a huge, huge time. Because like, when you walk in a CrossFit gym, for the most part, like, I mean, everybody looks pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if they're not like they don't look fit they're still fit well the thing know? is is they're still healthy well, that's the number one thing people when they first start is they're scared of starting because of the fact that they see people here and it's intimidating yeah because everybody looks fit and healthy and things like that compared to a normal gym where you, have, you, might, you might have you know a little bit of handful of people who 
look like they take health and fitness very seriously. Mm-hmm. And you have the, you know, you people there that obviously look like they don't take yeah. health and fitness very, very seriously, right? And when it comes to a global gym model, obviously that is the model, is the hope that people do not show up and take take advantage of their membership. Yeah. Right? I've had 10,000 members at this global gym and only have 10 treadmills. I'm banking on most of those people not showing up. Yeah. Right, I'm only banking in maybe one percent of my ten thousand membership basis shows up on a somewhat regular basis. So that's how that's that's their primary person is the person that's going to pay a gym membership for ten or twenty dollars a month and not show up. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to harp. That's what these people are trying to harp in on because of the fact they don't want this person, that person to show up. So yeah, I mean the likelihood of you being successful because of the fact that you're not surrounded by other people, you don't have the same health and fitness goals, right? Because you're on an island on a global gym. You're on your own. You're on your own. There is nobody there. When you're here, you rise to the other people that you're with. Mm -hmm. Right? Like that's what I think is so cool about CrossFit, though. You know, because like when you go into a class, it's kind of like one of those things where everybody in that class is most likely kind of has somewhere around the same Mm -hmm. goal. You know, Um, and so I think that's kind of like one of the cool things that we have is like those people around you are going to help you, and they actually do care and like to see you, I guess, reach those goals and see you do better. You know. Well, I've always told people. That the best training program, if you have, if you give me one two options of either A being the best training program in the world, or B giving me the best training partners in the world, I'm gonna go with the best training training partners, partners all day. Even the program might be subpar, but you, I guarantee you, you will see more results and more progress with surrounding yourself through people who are gonna be pushing you on a regular basis compared to a program on your own. That's the best program in the world. Yeah, I mean, you're always gonna rise to competition. Like for instance. My sophomore year in high school in football, was, which I don't know if it's changed since then, your sophomore year is you play scout team all year long for football. You're with the varsity, you practice with the varsity football team, but you're a little pissant for sophomores because the freshmen all by themselves <laughs> off an island. But the sophomores practice with the varsity. You're playing scout team, meaning you, you're going against the big dogs. You're based, you're, whatever team the varsity's playing that week, you're mimicking that mm-hmm. team's all You're doing that scheme, whatever. You're doing that scheme, right? And so you're getting your the shit kicked out of you all football season long because you're having to play against the varsity players. But that is the year that you see the most progress in somebody is their sophomore year because you're constantly playing up to a level that you're not used to. You're playing against people that are better than you on a regular basis. So in the, in the process of doing that, you up your game to get back get to that level as well. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's the same as that process is I would rather have a community of people around me who push me on a regular basis and people that I'm having to you know, keep up with, then vice versa, right? Because your environment of which you surround yourself is what ultimately is going to get you there, right? If, if I'm with other strong people, I work out with other strong people, I'm going to be strong myself. Yeah. I'm not going to be that person that wants to be always in the back of that group. I want to try to be up where they are, right? If I, if I go, if I want to improve my endurance, probably the best bet I can do is deal with people who are have more endurance right. than I. Right. If you want to be a power lifter, probably not going to go to Planet Fitness. You know? No, I need to surround myself with other people who are strong. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it says, you shouldn't be the smartest person in the room, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right? So you, that's the number one takeaway from all this is find an environment of people that, you know, surround yourself to get to the same related goals that you want. Right? If, you, if you're looking to quit smoking, then don't hang around with other people who stay smoke. You know, if you want to, you know, take care, get a better idea of what your health and nutrition, then get your spouse to come along with that. Right, because you both will rise to each other's levels, right? If you have constantly somebody who's 
pulling you back to come back to where they are. If they're not taking care of their health and fitness, then more likely you're going to fall back to where they mm-hmm. are, and vice versa. You know, and so that's probably the biggest takeaway for this for this year coming is you know surround yourself with the environment people for you. That's be your best bet to improve upon what your current goals are, right? And also, like this is a daily aspect as well. If, like for instance, I'm trying to quit smoking, says saying if someone offers you a cigarette and says saying no, I'm trying to quit smoking. You sit up and say, no, I'm not a smoker, right? Or if, you know, it comes to somebody who, you know, for instance, I'm eating at lunchtime and somebody's like, oh, you're on a diet. You're like, no, I just like, I'm somebody who takes care of my health. Yeah. You know, I think it's just, it's a mindset shift and the identity shift is the biggest thing. And every time that you perform the action of the identity you're trying to achieve, that puts more to that bank account of towards that identity you're trying to work towards, right? And you can say things like that, like, you know, like, like, are you, no, man, I'm trying to get strong. Like, no, I am strong, right? Like, you put that thing to, like, you're more likely to perform the acts of somebody you already identified with, mm-hmm. right? If you can identify somebody who's healthy and fit, then you're also going to perform the actions of somebody who is healthy and fit, right? But if you don't associate yourself with somebody who's healthy and fit, you're not, you're not going to do those things. Right? So every time you set an action, like, is this, is this something that somebody who's healthy and fit, fit and fit would do in this particular situation? Right. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good, pretty good way to man look at it, man. Yep. Um, so hopefully we didn't talk in circles too much there. Hopefully you guys took away some information there. That's some actual information for you there. Take something to kind of apply it to your new years. Yeah. Is there anything you want to add on to that? Yeah. I think we pretty we hit like kind of like hammer on the head right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we did pretty well. Cool. And uh, so just kind of be on the lookout for next week's podcast uh, number five. We got uh, a nice little exciting announcement for you guys coming up. Uh, we kind of hit, hit a little bit earlier to a degree about some of that, I guess, to a degree. About, a little bit. About some stuff. Um, so if you guys have, have been around uh, here for a while, uh, something a little bit new, a little bit twist on something we've done before in the past. And for you guys who are probably been here only about a year or two, uh, something new for Definitely you guys that you haven't experienced. But it'll be new for it'll everybody. It'll be fun time, though. Maybe kind of new exciting announcement for you guys. Uh, to kind of be expected to kind of look out for towards the end of February if that the fun if that, that hits enough <laughs> that hits enough right there for you guys um, so make sure you guys uh, look out for that announcement next week through the podcast and we'll kind of start talking about it in class and in the Facebook group and whatnot so make sure you guys tune in for that okay anything else you want to add in there Kel? Um, look forward to February happy birthday Kel. thank you thank you <laughs> alright guys see you guys later.